0: This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Jared Davis. We're going to College Station to play the Aggies, the Collie Dogs, the crazy uh, cheer whatever cheerleaders, but they're not cheerleaders. They're called yell leaders. I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff. What's hilarious. And I want you to be watching for this. This is just a little sub bit. I've watched some Texas A&M games. You know, every team, even Auburn has like their specific college, uh, commercial. (laughs) I remember the one that Texas A&M is running right now. Watch for this. They say, we don't have a special language. We just love our team or something like that. And I was like, we don't have a special language. Have you, Tried listening to your yell leaders' cheers because I get Batacita is kind of weird. It's nonsensical words, right? But most of our other cheers actually make sense. Every single one of Texas A and M's cheers do not make sense. They're kind of weird. They all have hand signals for them. It's anyway sidebar, but that's just the weirdness that I feel like Texas A and M has. Am I Have you seen that side of Texas A&M before? I have
1: not ever really been around a Texas A&M fan, but I've heard and they're unique. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, ch- I'll try to keep it uh positive. Um from what I understand well, it's, are, it's unique they, fan base.
0: They are very nice. Like Texas A&M fans and Auburn fans are generally very nice. Uh, like they're not you rarely will see like a some like it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> us here in georgia you hear of the georgia fan or the alabama fan or just kind of being a jerk and i don't you're not you don't hardly ever hear of that against texas and fans the fans themselves Um, uh, so i'll give them that they're nice Um, uh, they kind of have the southern texas culture going on for them um i always remember back The first year Auburn played Texas a and when they joined the SEC, I went out to College Station, Texas, and uh, that was fun. Uh, If you ever get the chance to do that, if you're going out this week, awesome. So excited for you. Um, There's a lot of fun stuff to do around there. It's a huge campus. Just like everything in Texas, it really is much bigger. Uh, So get ready. Put your walking shoes on. Uh, Their stadium's huge, and – if you're in the upper deck, which if you're an Auburn fan, you're probably going to put up there unless you, you know, show out just a ton of money. Um, it's pretty high up there, but it's still very doable. So highly encourage it. And uh, it's, it's a good time. Um, let's talk about kind of the biggest storyline in my mind coming into this. So Texas A&M two and one um, Jimbo struggling shocker. You, <laughs> I, I called it out preseason. I was like, they went 5-7 and seven last year, 2-6 and six in the SEC. Lots of disappointment last year. Lots of injuries. And I feel like Jimbo kind of was just like, well, it wasn't our year. And you're like, yeah, that was your fifth year at Texas A&M. You've had lots of good recruiting classes, and you're not able to produce even a winning season. And that's what I think could happen again. Now, 5-7, and seven, maybe not. But if they even go, I don't know, Jared, what's kind of your line where you think the Aggie fans are just going to be enough's enough? Like, do they have to get to seven wins, eight wins, nine wins? Like, what is that? Because at this point, yeah, they got a $77 million buyout, but it's Texas money. They threw a ton of money at him anyway. What's an extra $77 million if this program under Jimbo Fisher is going nowhere? What's your thoughts on that? Like, where's the line?
1: Uh. I think eight. I think eight minimum. I mean, you Mm. know, if it's the right seven, maybe right. Like if it's, I don't, I don't think they play Georgia, but let's say it's Bama and maybe
0: like Tennessee. Yeah, LSU.
1: Like if you win, like if you win, but if you're winning those, you're not going to lose the others. So, I mean, I I would say if you beat Bama and LSU and you only win seven, maybe, but um, I really think it's eight, and and eight may not even be enough. I think I. I think he almost is going to have to overperform to keep his job. I, I, they wanted him out last year. Yeah, they uh, they came to a uh, an agreement of hey, give up play calling. But if giving up play calling doesn't get what we got to remember here is like they have all the built in advantages. They have all the money in the world. They got the great. They got amazing facilities. They're probably in the number one recruiting state in America. Mm-hmm. They've brought in ridiculous recruiting classes. Like if you're if you can't win eight or more games with that, like you're just not going to do it. And I know right. they did it in twenty. Was that COVID year twenty twenty? That was a really weird year. They had a senior offensive line. They had like a twelfth year quarterback. Um, it, it was just a weird year, right? And so you know that kind of bought him some more time. I think if that season doesn't happen, I think they already paid the buyout.
0: Yeah. When and at that point, when did you get the extension? I feel like it was like. 2021 or 2022 um where th- this buyout just got even larger um and so if that season doesn't happen like you said in 2020 I mean I I think Texas A;m is already done with them um
1: literally if Auburn keeps contains their lane on a kick return against Florida State on a or if we don't fall for the fake punt Jimbo Fisher doesn't even have this job. It's like, it's crazy how, I mean, if we beat them in that national championship game, like he has, he has bought so much time off that game. Yeah,
0: um, he really has.
1: I think Jimbo's an average coach. I have from forever, and I know he beat us. Jameis Winston was, Jameis Winston was like a Cam Newton. He just put the team on his back and won ball games. Yeah. He left Florida State in shambles. Yeah. And, and I think Mike Norvell is starting to get them out of that, but he left them in a big old mess and that's hard to do cuz that's a lot of talent down there <laughs> so um yeah, I'm not a big not a big fan of him and um yeah, so anyways, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think that I think they're to them cuz to me and you, 77 million sounds like a lot of money and it is a lot of money to the amount of money that Texas A&M has, that's literally nothing. It's got the only reason that you don't do it is because of the optics of it. Yeah, but at some point you got to be like, look, the the lost benefit of keeping him around, we can't do it. Like we got to move on.
0: Yeah. Well, and I was reading an article while well, you know you hear the number seventy seven million. Like the article pointed out, that's a big number. Don't get me wrong. Like Auburn even just paid out was like twenty one million to Harson, which is again a huge number. Uh, but the the article was saying Texas a And M will find the money. They'll figure out a way if they really want him gone. And so, again, one other statement. I'll just kind of read this. A source told me this week, he said, look, it's year six. What's another eight and four season going to prove at this point? And I think even, like you said, if they get the eight wins, that even is probably a question mark of like, can you next year put it all together? I would argue probably not. His track record is not showing and proving to me that he can do that. Um, make the jump from an eight and four to like an 11 and one or undefeated season. I just don't, I'm not seeing it.
1: No, I don't, I don't either. I don't see it. And I I think that Um, I'm not saying we're going to win this weekend. I mean, uh, but Hugh's in year one, right. Of a rebuild. Um, If Hugh, you know, is only winning seven or eight games in year six, he's going to be in trouble. Um, yeah. I mean, in year three, I mean, you know, there's, there's too much money now. There's no time to play around. Like, by year three with the NIL and transfer portal, if you have money at your university, you need to be like, you know, seven needs to be your floor. Really yeah. really eight? And you need to have years of ten plus wins.
0: Yep. Show show you got the top end. Because right now, besides that twenty twenty season, I mean, A and M doesn't have that going for them, at least under Jimbo Fisher. Um so again, that's kind of the big discussion in my mind is like I think Jimbo, if he doesn't do that, if we beat Jimbo, I think this is the beginning of the end. Like it, if there hasn't already started.
1: <laughs> yeah, there. There are a lot of people are calling this make or break for Auburn this year. I don't. I don't really get that. I'm like, I mean, no, I, I get. I no, get no, no, it. No. I get it's a pivot game, right? It's one of those games that you can win, so it'd be nice to win. Um, I think it could be make or break for Jimbo. I think I'm with you on yep. this. I think this could be, you know, what Le- you know, Les Miles when he lost to Auburn that year. It had already started to slip away, and that kind of did him in. They won't fire him after the Auburn game unless it's – if we do the unthinkable and go in there and blow them out, which I don't expect. If we yeah. go in there and blow them out, I don't know, man. <laughs> it could get interesting. But, yeah, I think if we go in there and win, I, I think you're right. I think, it, 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 I think it's a done deal. They're just going to play the year
0: out. Yeah, they're probably going to wait out until that buyout goes down a little bit more and then just be like, you're done. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member of so, Oh. Uh let's actually talk about the game itself and kind of the different players. So um uh, Wigman, uh, he is their quarterback. He already has nine hundred and nine yards and eight touchdowns this season with only two interceptions. Uh, his season is looking pretty good, but that doesn't tell you the whole story. Um uh, obviously Texas AM has struggled uh so far this season. Uh, they have lost to Miami uh, by 15 points. Uh, that was kind of just like a wow shocker, a uh, little bit of a unexpected uh, for most people, but I even saw that one coming just because I, I I genuinely think there's something about teams that know their coach and their coach knows them really well, and they play extra hard for them, and I have never gotten that kind of from Jimbo. He doesn't seem to be a guy that can get the 100%, 110%, whatever you want to call it, out of his players. They may be highly talented, but that doesn't mean you're going to be the best of the best every single play, every single time, and want to win for your coach and for your school. This, to me, is kind of like the biggest like Achilles heel for Jimbo Fisher at Texas a and He just doesn't seem like he can get that out of them. Um uh, and I, I just don't necessarily know that's the case, um, even in this game, which I, that's why if you look at kind of the, the line here, Auburn's only a seven point underdog to Texas A&M. And, you know, to me, that's pretty good. I mean, Texas A&M preseason was ranked 23rd. Uh, there's some excitement around them just because of recruiting. And I think that started to kind of fade away a little bit. And, uh, If Auburn can go in there and I think take what they learned from Cal and put that into what Texas A&M, what they game plan for Texas A&M, I think you have a much better shot because they learned a lot at Cal. That was a come from behind win where you should never have been in that game with four turnovers and only having like 12 first downs the whole game. And yet we came back and we won. Uh, Not saying that is going to happen at Texas A&M, but that builds the uh, kind of the – just want to and showing your team that you can do it um so that that's the part that i i think is pretty interesting for this one let's get into our players to watch uh for this game uh for offense jared who are you going to be watching for auburn this game um to just make sure you know we get the win if you had to kind of pinpoint one person
1: hmm one person um probably got to go Fairweather. I, I don't know if I went him last week as well, but I think he is starting to become our go-to guy and the guy you can rely on like, all right, we need a first down, go, yeah, go to him. I mean that, you know, and you're like, well, that's the tight end that you can't win like that. Uh, Georgia does, Um, uh, Brock, mm-hmm. By- when things are not looking good, they go to Brock Bowers and things look good. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying Fairweather is Brock Bowers level, but, um, I think he's your number one. It doesn't have to be a perfect pass. Um, he seems to be able to get open, and yeah, he—he's the guy I'm keeping an eye on, man. I think you—you gotta have that. All great Auburn teams had that go to like, all right, we can on third down. I know who I'm going to
0: exactly, um,
1: and we've been liking that. Uh, you know, uh, who was the guy that? Oh, we had we had. Uh, Anthony Schwartz and who was our other guy during the same time?
0: Big, uh, big receiver.
1: He went. He got drafted too. He went to Denver. But anyway,s he was uh, he was our guy. But it, since him twenty nineteen, we haven't had anybody that we can like count on. third yeah.
0: down. Yeah. The no, the only other one I can think of maybe is like a tight end occasionally, but like that's not even that consistent for Auburn. No. Um. So it's just like who's our guy? And Fairweather so far has shown to me he can be that guy. Um, if it's not him, I would argue maybe even like Jay Fair, um, that uh, he's stepping up and getting some big catches. Um, the guy on offense that I'm gonna be watching, I think it's kind of the easy one is Peyton Thorn. You know, see how he does. Um, but even an honorable mention is the running back room because we've talked about it. We don't necessarily we haven't seen the breakout runs and higher higher stats that the running backs. I think are capable of because we have arguably four really good running backs that could potentially be starting at any sec team. And so far they're not a, they're not showing that and that's okay. I think when teams so far, they've been just saying, we're going to stop the run. We're going to put a ton of guys in the box and we're going to force you to pass. I think when we go to a team like Texas a and or even other sec teams, they're not going to be able to say we're going to do that because guess what? Peyton Thorne is going to find the one-on-one matchups on the outside in the past game. And we're going to make them kind of get outside, not play in the box. And if that's the case, I think our run game can start, you know, making some headway uh, because there's obviously lots of talent there. Um, I mean, even preseason, Hugh Freeze was talking about West being the best running back that he's ever coached. And he you you don't just say that as a coach. And I don't think he just says things. He seems to be a very honest and transparent kind of person. Um, so, I don't know. That's where I'm kind of at with that. Real quick. defense. Uh, yeah.
1: It, it, I just wanted to, in case somebody's yelling at the radio right now, it was Seth Williams. Seth Williams was the other yes. receiver. He was that go-to, like, all right, I need a third down. If I throw to him, he's going to catch it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Seth Williams was awesome. Yes. I, pff, I love that guy. Let's transition over to defense. Uh, Jared, who are you going to be watching on defense for this game? And uh, who could be a difference maker for Auburn?
1: Oh, man. Um, I'm probably going to go secondary as a whole because I, I don't think AM runs the ball very well. I think you've already given the stats about – is it Wigman? Is that his name? Yep. Yeah, you've already given the stats about him. They can throw the ball around, and, you know, that's kind of – uh, their their offensive coordinator is pretty good about dialing up some good pass plays. Always has been. Um, so I, you know, I I'm gonna keep an eye on them. Also, we're a little thin. We've got some. We've had to be. We've been having to play K and Lee a lot. It's true freshman. So, mm-hmm. um, now he's good, and that's great experience. But can we get Pritchett back? Can we get Kaufman back? The good thing about Kaufman is I think it was. I don't mean this good because concussions are not good. But uh, concussions is typically like, all right, we're, it's a protocol. Let's just hold you out one more week. It's not like a nagging injury. So right. I think Kaufman should be back. Um, I think they're going to play a big role, man. They've been getting us some interceptions. We're going to need them again on Saturday. So I'm just going to look at them as a whole group, honestly.
0: Yeah, secondary, I mean, if A&M only threw three games, is already thrown for almost a 1,000 yards, just showing you, like, they can dial that up. And our secondary is going to have to be put to the test. And I would argue some of that was even against uh, Sanford because you know they were passing the ball a lot. Um, and our secondary was making plays. Um, and, and it was only a matter of time before we started getting past deflections, interceptions. Um, and I think that's something that we can do against Texas A&M, um, especially once we kind of said one to the game, is uh, really start making keeping your eye on the quarterback's eyes, reading them, and uh, secondary can do that. Uh, on defense, I'm going to go with just kind of the linebacker core in general. Um, I saw Wesley Siner step up a little bit. Um, we also saw, uh, you know, obviously a few games ago, Eugene Sante step up. Uh, I, I'm still kind of a little bit in the I, I see potential, but it's a wait and see kind of deal for me. Um, and, and I want to see it against a good opponent. Um, kind of what we end up doing. So uh, just linebackers in general for me. All right, special teams, who are you going to be watching?
1: <laughs> Whoever we put back there to catch a punt. I, My
0: goodness, yes. Uh-oh. Good answer.
1: We didn't talk about it in the Sanford review, but I thought it was hilarious on their last punt. He was like, don't even put anybody back there. Like we had, oh no, yeah, <laughs> we had nobody back there. And I was like, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah,
0: And the, and the pun only went like 22 yards or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like you can't do that as a plan. Right. But I mean, yeah. I think you do, if you're having to seriously go to, let's say Keontae Scott can't go. Um, I, I think you almost do tell the guys like, listen, if there's anybody around you, just back away. Like, mm-hmm. don't risk it. I know that you don't want to have it bounce and get another fifteen yards, but you also don't want to turn it over. Um, yeah. So if it's wide open, have at it. If it's not, just back away.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of them, and I, I know for Sanford, their kicker or their punter was really struggling, and it was shorter punts. Um, I don't. I mean, it's Texas, and I don't know their punter, but I'm sure he's not going to struggle and kick twenty five yard punts every time. No. That's that's more of like an FCS punter kind of deal.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, you're not gonna want to. You're gonna need somebody that can catch the ball back there. But I mean, and it's always been an Auburn thing, right? I feel like we're always like, just catch the ball, please, just don't, please.
0: Again. Yes, yeah.
1: some some teams, George and them, use it as an advantage and overturn a punt. We're like, just catch the ball. That's all we need.
0: I know, and and we saw you know some signs of that with Kounte. Kounte does
1: a good job. He does do a good job.
0: And I'm just hoping he's he's able to come back. Um, and we are just simply resting him up for the game against Texas and um because if if he's back I I my my concerns in the punk return game are much less because so far he's proven he can just be the chill relaxed dude not think anything about it and have the potential to break one I agree um I'm I'm hoping it's not this case but Evan McPherson I, I think I'm gonna be watching him because I hope it's not we win by a field goal or something like that. But this could pull, kind of play out in that way. And if Evan McPherson goes in there and you know kicks a field goal or two and that becomes the difference, I, I feel like that could be the case. Because right now, Texas A&M is only favored by seven. And anything can happen. It's, it's college football, especially the SEC. We're already seeing some craziness going on in the SEC. And I'm ready for Auburn to kind of come in and potentially – cause more craziness uh, with this Texas A&M game. Let's transition into our score predictions. Uh, we were looking at the ESPN predictor um, that they do. It's actually bumped up a little bit. Preseason, Auburn was only predicted to win 26% of the time, and now it's bumped up to 33%, which I think is kind of like a two, two-way 2 street thing. Uh, Auburn's you know, showing, hey, we can win. We've got our... Issues obviously, but well, we can win. We're three and zero, and then it's also Texas A&M starting out ranked, no longer being ranked, and lots of questions with Jimbo, the team, morale, all of that kind of stuff going on. So I think it's kind of a two way street there. So preseason, I predicted us winning by three points. Jared, you said by six points. What are you feeling now? Is it going to be the same, or are you going to change your score prediction?
1: I'm gonna change it. I don't think we win. I hate to say it. Um, okay. I just I don't think we win. Um, I don't know. I mean I think the spread's probably about right. I think we probably lose by a touchdown. I, I hate it. I don't want to say it. Um, I, I just don't know that we are confident enough in what we're doing. You know, to go out to go on the road and and win at a talented SEC team. Um, yeah. I, I do think what we did Saturday against Sanford helped. I think it gave Thorne confidence, but I don't know that we have enough yet to go on the road. I think at the end of the year it'll be a different story, but right now I just think I think we lose.
0: Yeah, that's where my gut is, and then my homer comes out. So I'm going with my homer. Um. Well,
1: go with it, man. I mean, I listen, I hate – I very rarely, unless it's like an absolute – you know you're going to get beat when George is like rocking and rolling, but yeah, I just, I don't have a good feeling, but I, here's, here's the positive. If anybody's listening, I never have a good feeling going out day and am, and it, it, it usually turns out good. <laughs>
0: No, it's not weird. Like the, I mean, we always reflect back on where it was every single year. It felt like we went out to Texas A&M and we, we won, but then the, yeah, the flip side of it was weird. Texas A&M would come to Auburn and beat us in Jordan hair. And you're like, my goodness, like, well, when is that ever happening? It, that's just college football. It's college. Football. It's weird. Um, I'm going to stick with my score prediction, three points for Auburn. And we win. Um, my gut's kind of telling me it's not going to be very pretty. It's going to be like 21 to 24, lower scoring relatively. Um, that's my gut. If we end up scoring a, a good bit, 35 somewhere in that range, uh, I think Texas A&M can keep up with us, especially with their pass game. So it, it's uh, it could be kind of like a, a little bit of back and forth. So brace yourself, all our fans. This is your first SEC game, and uh, a lot can happen. Let's go to our final segment of the day, an Auburn fan perspective of the sec. Um, We talked about it last week, the uh, just the struggle of the sec going on. Uh, But I did want to also kind of pull out a stat. So I saw somebody put together the sec against power five teams this year is five and seven. We have a losing record and you know, some of these, okay. I'll, I'll say, I don't know, the LSU-Florida State game, maybe it's kind of a toss-up. Florida State was just having an incredible game. Texas A&M losing to Miami. Again, A&M's not having that great of a season. Arkansas losing to BYU. Eh, okay. Texas versus uh, Bama. Again, another loss. Eh, it's like just Bama's trying to figure out their quarterback situation. And then Wake Forest beating Vandy. Okay. Those are the the losses that we've got, okay. I mean to me that's not as bad um uh, and and the season is long, so like I got to remind myself, but I do think that there's some some issues going on in the s e c that we're other conferences and other teams are kind of stepping up their game um and uh I still think the SEC is still the best, but there there's teams catching up to us um a few games to kind of point pull out, um, Bama. Uh, what was it halftime or something? Three to three against South Florida. That that's not a storyline I thought would come out of this. Um, and Bama only ended up beating South Florida seventeen to three. And you're like, really, South Florida? Um, and then I noticed Bama fell in the AP poll to I think the lowest rank that they've had in about a decade um they're 13th in the AP poll right now i mean <laughs> bama hasn't even been out of the top 10 it feels like in forever i mean to me this is kind of like just a sign of like they're really struggling they they don't know what they're doing at quarterback they switched out their quarterback to tyler B- 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 Buckner, but Buck, i don't know how you say it buckner i don't know,
1: uh, I don't know. he looked bad that's all that's how you yeah. say it
0: that's how you say it right yeah.
1: Tyler he looked bad that's his last name
0: yeah Tyler he looked bad quarterback yes Bama and uh we all we all know Bama kickers are bad so yeah you know yes Tyler there you go. He, he looks bad bama player he,
1: he he might have actually tried should have tried kicking some because I mean I saw him throw i saw him throw an out route he the ball landed like five yards in front of the receiver like it was Whoa. literally like he threw it into the ground it was like a long spike. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like spiking the ball, but just you know, ten yards down the field. It, so,
0: so here's a here's a stat for Bama's starting quarterback. He was five of fourteen for only thirty four yards. Yeah, it was bad. But, that's crazy. It was
1: bad. I mean, you know, the crazy thing is, I hate to say this, but we got to give him. I mean, the fact that they're thirteenth, they're panicking. I mean, that like that just speaks to what Saban's done over there. But yeah. but, yeah, this is not going to be an old Bama time, I and mean, I predict they'll at least lose three games. I mean... Uh, if Yeah, it feels know, like it. I mean, if you told me four, I wouldn't say you're crazy. I mean, and and sadly, that's, you know, we're used to that. So, But, I mean, for Bama, they are struggling. Um, it wasn't good, man. And I'll be honest, I watched the Georgia game, you know, uh, the only reason that um, that game, well, I think Georgia pulled away one by ten, but South Carolina didn't have the depth. But, in the first mm. half, they were getting pressure. They were yep. dominating the line of scrimmage. They were controlling the game. Um, and they ran out of gas. So, I get, and you mentioned earlier about SEC teams. Like, I was talking to somebody today and I said, Are, are there any day one? It was day one, first and second round in the NFL. Are there any day one quarterbacks playing in the SEC right now? I don't know that there are. Um, yeah. Milton may be at Tennessee just because of his raw talent. Yeah. Maybe Jaden Daniels at LSU because of his raw talent, but I I couldn't put my hand on the Bible and swear that those guys are day one quarterbacks. That's crazy. I mean, and and I could be, I could be wrong. I'm the one making this up saying this, but I think it's a valid argument that you don't have a day one quarterback playing in the sec right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and to me, it's also kind of the, again, the world of the transfer portal that the, the talent is getting distributed more and more to other teams because, Hey, if you don't want to, if you're not getting the, the reps that you want, just go trend transfer to another school. I mean, Bo Nix did that and look at him. He's doing great at Oregon and you know, and, and he even had all the reps. He was just like, I don't like the system. I want to get out of here. And he is balling out. And so there's plenty of guys like that. and And so I think that's where the talent is starting to get distributed to all sorts of power five teams and they're they're saying hey i can go play at this this team that may fit my play style a little bit better and then have a better shot at going to the nfl which if you're in college football division one at a power five school you're thinking i want to go to the nfl and whatever sets me up to do that that's what i'm going to do so um you know something also crazy about the South Carolina-Georgia game, I mean, literally it took up until about the third quarter for UGA to finally get a lead in that game. Um, That took so much longer than I would have thought. I mean, we all know, you know, South Carolina can be just a pain uh, when they really want to be, but I didn't think it was going to be that long. Is that crazy?
1: (laughs) I watched it. I mean, it was... Listen, I've watched... I'm not... uh, Georgia's still the best team in the SEC, but Uh, The whole point I'm I'm trying to make with all this is there is no great team right now. Anybody is beatable. I even have a Georgia buddy. He said the same thing. He's like, we are not, we are beatable. And they are. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Auburn's going to do it, but watching that game, they did nothing special. The USC gave out a gas. Um, My guess is they don't have the depth. Um, they, You know, Georgia, the thing that Kirby has done over there, and it's really what Saban did his first, first seven years of this, is built such a dominant defense that it allows your offense to get it together. And it yeah. took Georgia's offense about three full quarters to put any resemblance of an offense together, but their defense allowed that. Yeah. Um, and all it took, they had two good drives. They basically had two good drives the entire game, and that's all they needed. Um, yep. And, you know the defense is a part of the team so they are a good team um but they are not the team right now they're not the team they have been the past two years
0: yeah definitely not and, and that's what's i was expecting even you know coming into this this season you know probably bama lsu georgia to kind of be those front runners for the sec and maybe maybe tennessee too um i just Have a little, I mean, even this week, you know, you saw Tennessee lose. um, And that's kind of just the way it's gone. It's kind of a weird season, as most SEC seasons are, but this is even more weird. Um, Something else weird, I saw that the Missouri kicker, you remember the one that uh, missed that super short, like 22 yard kick or whatever it was? And then Auburn ended up beating Missouri last year. Uh, What was his name? Like the Thicker Kicker or whatever he's called? That was his nickname. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um he ended up kicking a 61 yard field goal to win the whole game and that's awesome Love we'll that uh missouri fans rushed the field which okay Not it's like a little too excited but it was a ranked kansas state team so got some fun uh the sec fined them a hundred thousand dollars which we all know that's just like a little slap on the wrist for most SEC teams because they make lots of money. But I don't know. Maybe that's that's actually more of a slap on the wrist for Missouri because Missouri they're not pulling as much money as uh, other SEC teams.
1: Can we let's talk about? I know we need to end this thing, but can we talk about why he had to kick a sixty-one yarder? Did you watch it?
0: I did not. I just saw the, the okay a little bit.
1: Okay, so they get in field goal range spike the ball so they stop the clock to kick a field goal they forget yep. to send the field goal unit out there was a 5 yard penalty uh-huh. delay game no. never in my life seen anything like it i, I that coach uh, that's, that's they got lucky dude they literally it was a wow. 5 yard delay game like the kansas state coach was over there trying to decide what to do with his people and then he's basically like making hand gestures like oh i don't have to worry <laughs> they're not even on the field there was no one <laughs> on the field aj
0: the, what? The op- that special teams coach, well, the head coach, first off, needs to be on that. But, like, that, that's on the special teams coach to be like, guys, you need to be out there.
1: AJ, they were huddling over on the sideline. He was talking to the offense like it was a timeout. The what? offense wasn't even going back out on the field. I don't. I what? have never in my life seen this. I was sitting – I was yelling at the TV. I'm like, oh, what man. are you doing <laughs> it's a five-yard penalty. It now made it 61 yards, and they are lucky he made it because, I mean, that would have been hard to explain in a press conference. Oh,
0: that would have been so hard. Yeah. You, they would have gone to overtime, and who knows? you got to look at the point. Like <laughs> they didn't even –
1: I can't not let – they didn't send anybody. There was nobody wow. over the ball. But the, wow. The way, I've never seen this. They had nobody out on the field.
0: <laughs> so wild. Anyways,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> That's so wild. Um, we did have. Uh, I think I alluded to this. Florida beat uh, Tennessee, who's ranked number eleven right now, uh, twenty nine to sixteen. I, I was not expecting that one. Nope. Uh, because Florida, they have struggled, struggled. I mean, but hey, maybe this is this is this maybe their turning point, in saying, hey, we're a better team. And I, I've always said this, especially about the SECs. It is a much better world when Tennessee and Florida are good. Because guess what? Georgia has to face them every year. Um, I know the SEC is about to get shaken up again uh, with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. But, you know, for now, I'm much happier with with those two teams doing better. Yep. All right, Jared, before we get out of here, how can people stay in touch with you?
1: You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis.
0: And uh, you can find me on X slash Twitter, whatever the heck it is, (laughs) at A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger. And War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.